Let's go. G'day, listener. Welcome back to the Superman podcast. We've missed you this week. In this podcast, you're in for a treat. You're going to hear how we came up with the name Superman podcast and the responses we, we got from our clients we deal with. And what else are we going to look at, Lionel? We're going to look at some recent news articles that pricked our ears chat about a few of our clients and their situations. Um, then probably the most important subject uh, of this podcast, we're going to talk about our favourite red wine, our favourite vinos. Yeah, that's um, a crack. that is a cracker. I'm looking forward to talking about that. So, yeah. As the- welcome, Lionel. Welcome, mate. What's been Thanks, happening mate. in your world? Uh, mate, it's been a busy week this week. Um, family life, work life, um, in particular, I've been on the road quite a bit this week. Um, usually I only do one day a week where I travel out to see clients, but this day I sort of did back-to-back days. Tuesday I was out in Bathurst all day, so it's a, a long long day out. Early start, late time, late getting home, and then Wednesday I went down to Nowra and sat down with some clients down there. But, yeah, it's a, all in all, it's been a good week so far, so I'm Pumped to uh, finish the week off with a podcast with Matty McCabe. Racking up the Ks, mate. Racking up the Ks. Yeah, racking up the Ks. That's sort of our point of difference. We, I prefer to, my, my approach is probably a bit old school, but I prefer to get out and see people in person. And the reason for that is that we're in a trust relationship business. So we're, we're technically dealing with a lot of people with money, um, and you want to make life savings, right? Yeah, technically, it's that. Yeah, it's that. It's at the end of the at the end of their retirement year, or the start of their retirement years. It's usually their one of their biggest assets. So um, they put a lot of trust in us, and I feel like I just got to give back to go out there, make them feel comfortable, get to know me more, better, uh, better, and um, help me understand what their needs are, so then I can be best equipped to do my job for them you know what I mean so um, it's not all about money all the time as well so the meetings that we go to with clients particularly as you have a long relationship with them over time it's all about just building that relationship over time you know what I mean I'm I'm learning more and more every time I go and sit down with someone and usually the the financial planning part of it's maybe 25 percent of the whole um, piece of conversation yep we're talking about like heaps of different stuff, man. Like, like when I sit down with clients, pretty much pre-retired retirees. Um, usually, it's a tea and coffee day. Yep. So I get fed pretty well. <laughs> have tea and coffee. So that's why I try and limit it to one one day a week because if I go on the road too often, I'll be just getting too fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you notice it as well with the the clients how much they appreciate it, especially you know, with what the big corporates are doing at the moment, pushing everyone online to Zoom meetings and things like that, where you tend to lose that connection you're talking about. Um, So we're very similar, mate. Um, We prefer dealing with people face-to-face, getting that connection um, to make sure the client's comfortable as possible. Sometimes it's hard to convey our complex strategies over a over a screen yeah exactly right like our our podcast session here is over a a zoom session 
um, I can't see you. I can't, I can see you, but I can't really see your emotions in what you're doing. I can talk like emotionally, but I can't really see what's behind that. You know what I mean? Whereas if, when you're there in person, you can read the person, you can sit down, you shake their hand, you see what's going on. You, you can see, see if they're nervous, squirming they're or, yep. Yeah, 100%. they're quivering, they're, they're a bit nervous. And usually when you're over in a Zoom meeting, it's like we're going to cut to the chase straight away, get straight into the financial stuff, talk about that. And the relationship building piece of it is like it's missed. So I find it like in, it's an integral piece to my business that, I, and I like doing it as well. I like getting out on the road, seeing people. Um, and to be honest, like I got a message yesterday from one of my clients that we we caught up with on um, caught up with on on Wednesday, and she was just so appreciative of like how um, how nice it was just to sit down, have a chat, caught up for lunch. Like for for example, this time, all right, these clients that I've, I've been going to down in Nara. I would always go down to their house and they would cook they would cook me lunch. All right. How good's that? And I'm like, how good's this? <laughs> um, so it's been a couple of times been down there, she's there cooked me lunch. And I was like, this time, no, nah, let's change tune. We're gonna go out and we're gonna catch up and we're actually gonna sit down. Um I'm gonna take you out for lunch. And I took them out for lunch, I paid for lunch, organized, we had a glass of wine and something nice to eat. So and it was just to show, like, it's a point of difference that you got to make with building your relationships. Like, they're the little things like that, that when you're creating relationships and you want to make a good, long-lasting relationship, and for me in particular, like, I've got 30 years to run in this career. I want to make it a good career, but at the same time, make good, lasting relationships. So that's my point of difference. But, yeah, she was just so um, so pumped about the meeting which she didn't mention anything financial. Yeah. <laughs> she, Most the of the time it's not. About right? li- like personal relationship and lifestyle. So, yeah, it was very nice. To re- it's very nice to receive messages like that. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate that side of from, from clients. But, um, yeah, it just makes the, the job more rewarding, you know what I mean? The financial planners out there, they, we get pumped with bad headlines. And, and I had the same issue when I was playing footy. It's playing like reserve grades, sort of under twenties, leading up into footy, and even when we were, when I was like coming through the grades, it's like the NRL would get pumped with yeah. whenever there's a bad headline. Oh, you're all in the same boat. Yeah, and like actually, there's a lot of good guys. Yeah, in the in the league, and there's this one idiot that just tarnishes everything for us. It's the same thing with planners. The planners, one bad planners in the press. And then all of us get tarnished by it. We're not all painted with the same brush. So yep. there is a lot of there is good guys out there. I think um I know not floating our boat, but uh <laughs> we we do we do we do do we are a bit of a point of difference. So we are, mate. I think the supermen we found our, our kryptonite that's meeting clients online. I think that's it. Speaking of yep. supermen, let our listener in on how we came up with the name Lionel. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that that was like a it came to a pointy end for our podcast last week. We're like, oh, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna? Are we gonna? What what's our name gonna be? Are we gonna be this? Are we gonna be that? We had we probably spent more time on the name than we did on <laughs> yeah. recording the first yeah. episode. <laughs> my late night, um, my late night dog walks would be me walking my dog. 
on my phone to Maddie, sending him messages saying, what about this name? What about that name? What about this name? What about that name? And I'm walking my dog around and it's going for about an hour and then get back to him like, oh, none of them even, I don't even like any of them. They weren't like hitting. They weren't hitting. They weren't hitting. Um, but what I what we sort of worked back was just getting feedback from clients and a lot of clients that um, we deal with their super all the time because it's a main component of their retirement funds. And where we ended up landing was just a comment from a client. She would say, oh, you're my superman. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, you look after all my super. Um, you do all this with super, you do that with super. And I'm like, hey, that's actually, it's like a bit catchy with superman. But because there's two of us, like, we are the supermen. So um, that's where the name has been birthed from. So, yeah, it was uh, it, it was good to, to land on something like that. It's a little bit catchy. It's short. I think it's good. So um, we'd actually be interested to hear from the listeners out there, what do you think of the name? Um, do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you hate it? Well, I think it's brilliant, mate, if I do say yeah. so myself. Yeah, and if not, it's here to stay, so... Get used to it. Very good. Very good. So I wanted to touch on one thing. As financial planners, uh, we need to be licensed to give financial advice. Um, we are both licensed through the same Australian Financial Services license, um, Axis or Spark, and they're based out of, out of Melbourne. Uh, we pay Axis a fee to use their license. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they sit over the top and monitor all our advice, provide us guidance, ensure we're meeting all the regulations, audit our clients' files to make sure we're doing the right thing, and also that we're meeting their internal policies, which are above and beyond the normal regulations. Um, so before we get into trouble with our license, <laughs> I would love to indulge our listener with our general disclaimer. Bear with me for the next minute or two. Jeez. Here we go. Warning, this information you will hear in the podcast is general in nature and we have not taken your personal situation, objectives or needs into account. So if you hear information that you can act, that is your own responsibility. Matt and Lionel are both authorised under AXIS AFSL 339384. The material discussed in this podcast is for general information purposes only it is not intended to be used or heard as personal financial advice all care is taken in preparation for this podcast however no warranty is given with respect to the information provided and accordingly no responsibility for errors or omissions including responsibility to any person reason is accepted by axes newcastle advisors or purpose planning um yeah, I would say we would say the best it's best to speak to a financial planner if you need any financial advice and you're listening to two of the best around. So make yeah. sure you get in contact with us if you need some help with your financial situation after the show. Um and until then, enjoy the yarn and we'll be in contact. So what's on the agenda today, Lionel? Uh, so now, um, yeah, what we wanted to speak about today is uh, we wanted to go through just a few, um, we've seen a few recent articles pop up and we wanted to talk about 
the news, um, in particular one of the articles, and sort of give you a bit of a back background to how we would approach it with clients. And we'd it's a um the the six horrors um what it's called six horrors of retirement type thing how to avoid the six horrors of retirement and we're going to talk about it how we would deal with it with our clients how what we speak about with our clients and go from there um and then we want to talk about obviously just relating that back to client situations what we've done throughout the week we'll give you an example of the client that we're looking at and we'll talk about the hurdles that they have at the moment and also give you a bit of an idea on what we speak to them about with guiding them through their personal finance journey and then pretty much how we can help and add value as an advisor. Um, and then last of all, or the most important piece of all, is I want to go through a three, two, one to give the listener an idea of the Shiraz that you both we both like. Um, and I, the idea of doing that is that we both like a good drop of red. So we want to take off the heat from the financial planning and information from that side and talk a bit more real important stuff, which is talking about red wine and Shiraz. Um, and then at the end, we're just going to talk about a little bit of feedback and go from there. So sounds, let's jump. Sounds like an action packed, mate. Let's rip in. Yeah, let's get into it. So um, let's so, start. So where this come from? They've got an article that's taken from the AFR um, that's written, written by Lucy Dean. And, and what it's talking about there is the six retirement horror stories and how to avoid them. So um, as retirement specialists, I would say both Matt and I are, nah, this is our kettle of fish. We can we can talk about this all day. So it's our bread and butter. Bread and butter, mate. This is the stuff that we like talking about, the horror stories. And we like to unpack the horror stories and then at the same time, make sure um, those horror stories aren't becoming horror stories for our, our clients. That's and a learning, they, right? They, Learn and when from they someone are in the horror mistake. stories, we can actually help them unpack it and move forward into the right direction type thing. So um, I'm going to shoot off the first one for you, Maddie. Um, the, top, the horror stories is you've, been, you've helped the kids but disadvantaged yourself. Um, so I would say... Do you want me to go for this one or do you, or do you want to go on this one? I'll have a crack first, mate. Right. Um, so, yeah, this is all – we see this all too often. Um, we've got a client recently, actually. They gifted both their daughters $250,000. So yeah. $500,000 in total was taken out of their retirement Ooh, funds. Geez. So that happened six or seven years ago. They're now 75 and they're still working to get their retirement Jeez. funds up and running. In the last 12 months, they've started paying one of their daughter's mortgages as well because they can't afford it after 13 interest rate rises. Um, and everything came to a breaking point when they got pushed out of work as they were starting to slow down at the age of 75. They couldn't keep up with the technology moving in their workspace. So that's when they came and saw me saying, yeah. shit, what's going on here? We need some help. How do we sort this out? So what did you do? Ideally, from our side of things, we like to reverse engineer things, find out where you want to be and then work our way back. We had a different client come in and they said, we want to gift our children money. We're not sure how much, but we don't want it to be detrimental to our retirement, which is perfect. So they came to us so we could model it and show them the impact. If you gave your kids 10 grand, 
20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand. This is the impact it has. And so they mm. were comfortable then making a gift, understanding that it wasn't impacting their retirement. What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I've, um, yeah, I see this quite a bit. And it's a lot of people are trying to fulfill that these days, particularly because the property market's just gone crazy. And you think about, oh, your kids, how are they going to get into the property market? What are they going to do? Where are they going to live? Are they going to be homeless? But if you think about it as well, it's like I moved from a little country town from Burke, mm. <laughs> Dubbo, Dubbo to Sydney, and was in Sydney on my own and worked hard, educated myself, trained, worked hard. And then eventually you sort of get there. But at the same time, they're trying to push out the goalposts for getting into the property market. So, yeah, we call it the bank of mum and dad, technically. Mm. So bank and mum and dad are giving money away. Um, sometimes it's for to give away as a gift. And is the gift going to come back? Like some people get a, bit, a, little, bit, a little bit confused about that. Mm. Like you really got to probably a few tips on what you should be doing at the start of it is making sure you're classifying is it a gift or is it a loan? You know what I mean? If it's a gift, you're obviously giving it away. It's not coming back. Mm. But where if it's a loan, you're helping them get into the market, then you're obviously expecting that money to come back. So a few tips that we would say to clients like that, all right? So if you're giving money away to protect yourself, if their relationship hits the fan, shit it's fan in the relationship, and it all goes up in smoke, all right, your money's still sitting with your child. One of the the important pieces there is that don't just give it as a gift because the gift can't be returned. And then get split, right? Yeah. With your so, daughter or son-in-law? Yeah. So then what, what we would say you do is you'd speak to your accountant, talk about, or your solicitor, and talk about give it, giving it to them as a loan and give them alone because at the end of the day if their their relationship goes up in smoke which is unfortunately a lot of people do it does happen to a lot of people then you can actually recall the loan all right and that's the first point of call of cash that's being paid out first paid out to your creditors you're technically a creditor to you for your kids and that will save them a lot of money as well so that's probably one of the tips that odds i've seen it done as well i've had i've seen a client that sold a, a large business. They had, you know, between twenty and thirty million dollars, um, and they loaned yeah. their child yeah. um, some money to get into a house. Yeah, um, they're now separating, getting divorced. Um, but this client put a caveat over the top of the property, which means yeah, wow. they can't sell the property. They can't split assets until he gets paid back his money. Yeah, that's so. Smart. And the in-law, his daughter or son-in-law, I'll try yep. to disguise it a little bit, <laughs> they didn't know that was in place. They didn't understand it was a loan or anything like that. So they thought they were getting millions of dollars from the sale of his property. And now they've figured out that they may not be able to buy back into the property market. Yeah, little did they know that the, 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 the money that they've been given gets taken away from them. And obviously, yeah. once their relationship has gone to the property settlement, their loans repaid, so half of yep. the money, all the equity has gone back out of it, and then they're splitting what's left over. So, And it's good saying, for our clients because it stays with their bloodline. Right? Exactly right. Line. That's a big thing about it. So, yeah, one thing that we also mention to clients when you're doing stuff like that, we also say to them to make sure that, like, 
it's important to give away money and gift where you can and give it when give it while you're able give it while you're able which means you're actually got you're actually above ground not below ground you know what i mean um but at the same time we've got to make sure that you want to make sure that your kids are protected and their families protected you should make sure that they're They've got the right insurance cover in place, right? Life insurance, TPD insurance, income protection, trauma insurance. So all that money doesn't just go up and smoke. Um, and if it's a loan, for example, you want to make sure they're covered as well so they can actually repay your loan if it's a loan. So Because that's a big thing, right? If you've got a son, he passes away, you're not going to call back a $250,000 loan. No, not at all. To your daughter-in-law when she's just lost yeah. her husband, she's got some kids. So having a loan to get that money back yourself, um, yeah. having the insurance in place, that that yeah. all makes sense. So yeah. horror number two, mate. Um, this is an interesting one. So when a retired couple, one wants to go hiking in the Swiss Alps, yeah. the other one just wants to go go to the lake and go fishing. Yeah. How would you approach this one? <laughs> Well, if I was handling it in my marriage, I'd be saying we're going fishing. <laughs> I love fishing, so hiking the Swiss hiking the Swiss Alps as well would be pretty good. Um, but I would say, like in your retirement years, you've been living with each other for a long period of time. You've been married. You've been in the same relationship for a long time. And it all comes down to as well when you're in that next phase or the next chapter of life and retirement, it just comes down to compromise. So what we say is a couple, each piece person of the couple should have their own plan in retirement, their own activities and stuff like that and what they want to do and then come down together to have a joint plan together. And then it's all about compromising, compromising. Oh, you want to go fishing? That's fine. Well, I'll come fishing with you as long as we can go to the Swiss Alps and go hiking and stuff like that. Or and, like the, the other alternative is they could do separate trips, do it at the same time. One yeah, go got, deep sea fishing for a few days. Exactly right. The other one go hiking for a few days yeah, with, yeah, a, I, with a group. And I've got that as well at the moment. So um, one of my, like a couple of my clients at the moment, the for one side, like either one partner or the other partner, One's got good health. One's got like mm. rough average health at the moment. So they can't actually go out and both go and travel because one can't fly, for example. Yep. He can't walk for very long and stuff like that. And it's it's pulling back on what she can go and do. And I'm saying to her, just he's going to understand, like you're in your later years of retirement years. You You need to go and do stuff now while you have your health. Because if you don't have your health, you can't go and do anything. So it's like go and do it now. Spend the money now. Go and experience the experiences that you want to go and experience and do it now. And if you can't do it with your spouse, then I find that you should be doing it um, with a like a good friend or a group or something like that. 100%. Um, but in that situation as well, I've had a, have also had probably a – I'll give a call out to one of the advisors. I was listening to a podcast that he spoke about, Liam Short, the SMSF coach. And um, he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's really good. So we should actually get him on at one stage for a, for a chat. But uh, he talked about with his clients that usually it's the wife that does everything. She's organizing mm. this, organizing that, and you can probably understand that's <laughs> that's happening this yep. whole time now. Um, but when they both, when both husband and wife retire, 
you should give a little bit like some responsibility to the husband. For example, him booking a, oh, this is an example of what you should be looking at doing. Like instead of booking all her holidays all the time, going here, going there, going what she wants to see, you, the husband books a holiday for him and her or him and the grandkids and he takes on the responsibility for the whole thing. He books it, he plans to travel, he does all that, he does the itinerary. And and when that's in retirement, most of the time that you hear about retirees being bored, it's usually from um, the husband being bored, he's got nothing to do. So that's one of the little activities that you can pick up doing, he can pick up in retirement to do something like that, you know what I mean? So I found that really good. And I've spoken to a few clients recently about that saying, hey, give him the responsibility, let him plan it out, map it out, plan the whole trip, let him pay for it so it gives him a bit more fulfillment in his retirement years. And when you look back at that, you're giving experiences to both you and your wife of what he wanted to do. But also one of the good things that he said, there's like do it with the grandkids. The They love doing stuff with the grandkids, yeah. making memories, making experiences. Yeah. And the grandkids remember that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think that leads into horror number four and number five, Lionel. Yeah. Is- when you're feeling lonely or, or just plain bored, I think yeah. um, from my experience, just touching on what you've just said is it is predominantly the males in retirement that are yeah. having these feelings of boredom and loneliness. Yeah, exactly. I, I've seen from my side of things, um, when so, it's a bit like footy. You, you brought it back to footy. When yeah. someone loses their identity, their value to the community. It's exactly like uh, footy. You know, big sports star, they're, they're a somebody. And then they yeah. come off the footy field, they're retired, and they're lining up at Centrelink, and they're a nobody. Yeah. No one yeah. wants to talk to them. No one's reaching out. There's no. not these opportunities. There's no social network like the footy sheds, or if yeah. you're retired at work, you go to the kitchen, grab a coffee. There's someone else in there. You're having a chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, retirement in footy and retirement in retirement for your working career. It is similar to a degree. So, yeah, I do feel for the footy players. Um, yeah, it's probably educating them as well what their next phase in life is. And you do have a, a high popular identity in the footy world. So it is a bit euphoric type thing. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, the some of the bigger issues, yeah, in retirement, yeah, um, boredom and loneliness is one of the bigger issues in retirement. So um, I think... Usually what we're speaking to clients about in that situation is that when you get to those people that they're at retirement and they're bored, it's because they're unprepared. They're not prepared for retirement. They're not prepared for that lifestyle change. They're not prepared to do that. They haven't got hobbies. They haven't got activities to go and do. They haven't got this. They haven't got that. Social networks. Social networks, and it's simply simple as like when you're at work, you've got your work colleagues around you. You go to the lunchroom, you go and have lunch here. You've got routine in your day, and that's the thing in retirement. You got to be able to continue the routine, having a purpose, getting out of bed, and that all comes back to being prepared for it. You got to plan for it. All right, plan to go and do. Yeah, I agree. it's not just the money side of things. You and I, we can set up and be very prepared for our clients, their yeah. financial side of things. But that's not where they get let down some of the time. Like I've got one yeah. client that he was ecstatic when he first retired. He, he said, this is amazing. You know, you've got a brilliant plan for me. I've taken my watch off. Don't have to be anywhere like I used yeah. to be. 
Um, but now he's up to eight coffees before midday and he's oh, smoking geez. 30 cigarettes a day because <laughs> he's got nothing else to do. He yeah. won't even come to the office to catch up. I've got to go to his house now. So he's not leaving the house either, yeah. which is concerning. Maybe so, you should go and take him out somewhere and take him on a day out. Like, not a day yeah. out, but like mate, force him to get out of his comfort zone. Yeah. That's probably one thing I would look at doing. Say, oh, we catch up there all the time. Why don't I tell you, you can come. Why don't we go and meet at this spot? And go to like a cafe that's somewhere outside, somewhere it's a bit airy. Because being outside is always great, man. It's always good getting outside, having a good chat with someone. So, um, yeah, that's the 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 vital role that like a financial planner looks at all your finances, but we're sort of helping you sort of navigate through this as well, navigating through the planning side of it. And the biggest tip that I could always give to someone that's pl- thinking about retirement is make sure you're you're prepared. Like be prepared yeah. for not just for the side of things. Be prepared for the lifestyle issues mm. that you're going to change. Be prepared for a, a routine making sure you, you're creating good habits and having a good routine and making sure you've got a, a purpose to get out of bed every day. That's one of the things that I preach to clients every day. Um, because going to work every day, you obviously got a purpose for us is to obviously provide for our families. And that's a massive driver for me um, to go out, work hard, and also show my kids that we work hard as well. Yep. But at the same time, that's the purpose type thing. So it's like... Um, yeah. So I wanted to throw a segment in, mate, into this podcast um, to let the listener learn a bit more about us. Yeah. We're going to jump in and do a three to one of our favorite Shirazes. Yeah. I was, I was pretty excited when we started talking about this. And I'm like, what do you want? We're going to start. I think we're going to start down at number three. So for me, I'll go first. Um, I've always gone down to Dern Murphy's and picked up, like, just, like, try to pick up a cheap bottle here and there. And the one that I always gravitate to usually is a Jacob's Creek double barrel Shiraz. And the later years of that are pretty good, like the 15, 16, 17 mm. years I find, if you can find them. But that's sort of my number three. My Shiraz number three at the moment is that one. What's yours, Matt? Um, so I've got a St. Hallett, St. Hallett. They've got a range of, okay. you know, bottles from $30 through to 200, 250. Yeah. So St. Hallett, you just know what you're getting. It's just Same. smooth. How do you spell it? H-A-L-L-E-T-T. Oh, nice. We're, and I, I always find with red wine as well, like I was a, I never used to drink much red wine at all, but then moved to Sydney. My brother-in-law, um, he was in commercial, doing commercial fit-out stuff, uh, commercial leasing, and they would always go out for, for wine. And uh, he got us into it, and he always he put us on to probably the region, which is, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I like agree. the region that I prefer to go and buy and drink wine from is, is the Coonawarra region down in South Australia. Oh, love it. It's, uh, love it. I don't know, you sort of can't really go too wrong. So if you are buying a bottle of wine out there, buy something from the Coonawarra region. This is not paid advertising. This is just... Not yet. And it's, we're open and to it. Good, <laughs> it's a good drop around there. All right, yeah. So my number, number two yep. is a, um, it's a Penfolds Bin 128. Yes. Yeah. Very like nice. It's, it's a pretty safe bottle to to knock back. It is. A bit commercial. 
bit but, on the commercial side, but yeah, I, I thought that was I was it's when consistent. I was looking at it like ah, it's, it's commercial, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's my my. So I've got a Rockford Rockford basket press. Wow, jeez, tell me more. So about from that. the from the Barossa, beautiful, just the way you've they, been there, Andy. Have you? I have recently. Yeah. <laughs> Did a little boys trip last year. How good's that? Um, oh, you got a good wife, man. Yeah, I do. I do. Thanks, man. <laughs> Um, what about your number one, mate? Hit us. Um, right, my number one's one that I sort of gravitate to all the time. It's not the best wine I've ever had in my life, but it's something that I like going to Dan Murphy's or going to some liquor store and saying, "If I, and, actually, and actually as well, as a disclosure, I actually, this is the drop that I give my clients oh, as beautiful. a gift yep. when I sign off on advice with them together. If you don't drink red wine, obviously I'll give you a case of beer or something. But I'd like to give back to clients and make the the presentation meeting like a, a presentation. Celebration. Yeah. Celebration, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, I like to celebrate with clients. Yeah. So, yeah, my the drop that I give clients is a St. Hugo's Akunawara Shiraz. It's either yeah. sometimes it's a blend, a Cab Sav Shiraz, which is nice as well. Mm. And actually that in exact drop is the same drop that – made me a lucky man <laughs> and what oh, i mean right. by that what i mean by that is that's the same drop i i used the day that i proposed to my wife beautiful man so, so the memories come with it as well it's a special it's a pretty it's a special bottle there and we've still got the bottle at home to be honest at the empty bottle at home oh, so good Very yeah good. saint hugo's is my go-to love saint hugo's Mate, so saint hugo's if, so if you're listening i'm your boy this is the this Podcast is going worldwide at the moment. Global. Thousands of <laughs> And my number one, mate, my winner is a recent one I've jumped on, Sons of Eden out of Eden Valley. Yeah. Um, down near the Barossa. Uh, it's called Romulus. So they come in a pack of two. Mm. They're two brothers or sons. Um, yeah. And these two bottles are really good to contrast against each other. One's really strong bowl yeah. the other's one's really smooth so yeah really interesting yeah. one love it love it how good so, that? well um that gives a bit of an insight to us as blokes having a chat about money um and i actually to as a as a disclosure as well i'm actually off the beer at the moment so red wine is my thing until easter for lent i've very good mate. Not drinking very any good. beer so i actually been it's like a beer and then my son said they're going to do chocolate. So I've done beer and chocolate for Lent this year. Beautiful, um, mate. So, yeah, that's sort of a bit of an understanding of who we are, how we work with clients. Hopefully, um, I don't know, I love talking about it, and but um, talking about red wine, but also having a chat with you, Matty. We speak very often. So, um, yeah, hopefully the listeners are getting a bit more of appreciation for financial planning blokes that look after your money um, we're not all boring are we mate no nah, we're not all that boring not like those accountants <laughs> not like uh, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't put them in the basket um the accountants that i work with we got the same approach we go out yeah. down with clients that's a big point as well it's like i go and sit down with a client and the accountant's got the same philosophy so we gel yeah. together pretty well when really? we go and sit down with your accountant and your financial planner in the same room and we go out and see them in the meeting like we drive to Bathurst yeah go out see them in the city we've got an office in the city and out of Norwest so um yeah 
That's it. So Brilliant. hopefully next week you have a few more reviews. So do you have any reviews from last week? Yeah, Mate, the only feedback we got was from my mum thanking us for the <laughs> shout out. Yeah. Um, so on that note, I think we leave it there. Um, have a good weekend, Lionel. Yeah, you too, Matty. We'll catch and up thank you, listener. On the next Thanks one. for tuning in, Mum. See you next week. Cheers. <laughs>